0: And I just realized that I didn't want this to be the end of my relationship with this instrument because I enjoyed it so much and it it's become kind of an extension of my voice. Uh, it felt like it was part of me and I could really speak through the instrument.
1: Today I'm talking to the Chicago harpist, Nicole Young. Hello, Nicole. Hi, Petra. How are you? I'm
0: fine, thank you. And how
1: beautiful is your background?
0: Oh, thank you. I'm enjoying your your uh, blazer. That's really beautiful. Oh, it's it's, a, a, it's a, a, yeah, exactly. It's it's perfect
1: um, intuition that I had to do this. <laughs> Excellent, yeah. But I must I must also say that you you know from your Instagram I can see. I mean, you you've got such a great style and. Your um, dresses are just amazing.
0: Thank you so much. I that's one part of my job I really enjoy. is getting to dress up in the formal gowns. It's fun to shop for those kinds of dresses. Yeah, no,
1: amazing. And um, but but first, let's let's start with you and and your harp. Um, and where did you where did the inspiration start to to
0: play harp? sure uh when i was a very little girl i went to an orchestra concert with my family and while i was sitting in the audience i noticed the harp off in the corner and i was what is that that's so beautiful i didn't know what it was and i was just watching and then as i heard the sound coming from the instrument i just thought i want to play that someday that's what i want to do and i was little i was maybe five or six and i had No idea what would be involved with trying to find a harp or trying to find a teacher. I had no idea. Um, But it just so happened that the little rural town that I lived in had harps as part of the public school orchestra program. Amazing. So when I was 10, I was in fifth grade, and that's when they start all the children on instruments in the United States. So harp was on the list of instruments oh, we could sign up for. And so I brought the paper home to my parents. I said, I want to play harp. And so they signed me up, and they had no idea what I was about to get into. Really? Um, yeah. yeah, but this is very interesting because the I've spoken to
1: a few harpists already, and this was always the thing, uh, you know, where to find a harp teacher because it's not like a violin or, or piano where, where –
0: you can find uh, them easily, you know, yes, it's definitely yeah. hard to find if you're outside of a metropolitan area. Yeah. Um, so being in a rural town, it was just pretty yeah. magical
1: yeah. But now, um, do you come from a musical family?
0: I do not. Um, okay. My parents, they played, my dad played piano for maybe a year when he was a child and he took accordion lessons, but it wasn't really his thing. Um, My grandmother played violin and as a child too, but nobody really pursued it as a career or um, played it much outside of when they were children.
1: But it was then interesting that you came, you know, that you uh, responded that way and that were they very eager for you then to play the instrument
0: they were i think my dad really regretted that he gave up piano lessons um, when he was a child so that was something that was important to him and my mother that we all at least learn piano and um my grandma had a piano and so she gave it to my parents when they got married and they had bought a new house um so they, we had a piano in the house growing up, very old piano. Um, so they thought, well, all of our kids are going to play piano and take lessons. So they did assign me up for lessons when I was, I think, in kindergarten, about five years old. So I did play piano. Oh, okay. mm-hmm. So that was something that was important for them. Yeah.
1: But now, uh, harp is also um i mean it's a big instrument so and it's not something that you easily carry around with you like a violin so as a child was it uh, difficult to have this or did you have to carry it to, to school or were were there um harps at the school
0: there were actually harps at the school um mm-hmm. when they were very small harps oh, okay. so four or five feet tall they started us on what they call lever harps um yeah, otherwise, a harp I play now would have knocked me over as a 10-year-old. It was it's so good. Yeah, so I didn't even have to own my own instrument. Um, the school was very generous. They had practice rooms. Um, my school, I think, had two harps in the uh, grade school. Um, so we could go in and practice after school or during lunch if our teachers allowed us to. So I didn't actually own my own instrument until I went to college. I used the public school harps and they would let us sign them out and take them home on the weekends to practice, which was very unusual. Um,
1: Yeah, because this
0: is something that we don't
1: always think about. You know, I spoke to a pianist once and he said, what we don't realize is that a pianist can't take his instrument with him. But uh, of course, the harp is like, uh, you can take it with you, but then again, it's a big instrument. And I saw also on your Instagram page, there's one clip where you you're actually all dressed up, but you have to push your own off.
0: <laughs> yes, it's definitely, I call it my total gym because I had a huge workout moving the instrument from place to place. So I have a mm-hmm. minivan. I put the harp in the back. I also have a dolly so that I can push it anywhere. As long as there aren't a flight of stairs, I can move the instrument myself. Mm-hmm. If there's stairs, I need to find someone to help me cuz I'm not quite that strong to carry it. Yeah, but is this
1: is this not part of your of the logistics that you have to think about if you go somewhere that you know, if people invite you or if you go to play somewhere that you have to really think about the environment and and you know where you're going to get the harp into the hole or is, is these, these things you have to think about
0: absolutely it takes up a lot of my brain space i think yeah. i always ask about stairs um in chicago mm-hmm. there's a lot of loading docks that we have to find so they maybe don't let us it's maybe impossible to go in the main entrance because of traffic situations so, yeah, getting into a building can be quite a feat. <laughs> um, yeah, I
1: can imagine.
0: Um, yes, I'm so thankful for Google Satellite. A lot of times I will find loading docks with the satellite photos before a performance. Um, I will zoom in and practice my drive before I have It's a nice dress rehearsal to get to the venue. Some, Especially in Chicago, there's a lot of one ways. There's a um, there's, uh, I don't know if you're familiar but there's a main street in town called wacker and then there's a lower wacker which is under it and the sat like google gps does not work under there so you can get really lost underground. it can be very like scary if you don't know where you're going so i go through and i practice my route um i'll ask if i'm not sure i'll call the venue or call the booking agent and try to get as many details as i can about the building um I've learned the hard way that people don't always remember if there's a flight of stairs. Uh, oh, I or, like five stairs may not jog their memory, um, but mm. for five, even five stairs can be quite challenging. So I've learned over the years to ask a lot of questions.
1: But Nicole, if you sit there and all elegant with this wonderful harp, then we, we don't realize what's been going on behind the scenes. Yeah. <laughs>
0: I know it's so funny people get to see like the glamorous one hour but yeah. they don't realize the like 10 hours of work that might go into trying to figure out where I'm going how to get there mm-hmm. uh, talking with the client so yeah
1: a lot. but um now tell me about your training so after school did you go to a music school?
0: I did When mm-hmm. I was like a junior and senior in high school and I was getting ready to think about what I wanted to do for university, um, my harp teacher at the time really encouraged me to pursue music and I didn't, uh, I really thought about it um, and I realized my parents would never purchase a harp for me if I wasn't going to make this my career. Mm-hmm. And I just realized that I didn't want this to be the end of my relationship with this instrument because I enjoyed it so much and it, it's become kind of an extension of my voice. Uh, it felt like it was part of me and I could really speak through the instrument, uh, so I wasn't ready to part with it. So I prepared for um, music, for auditions, and I thought, well, if I get into music school, I'll be a harpist. If I don't get into music school, I'll be an artist. I was thinking about going into architecture or like graphic arts or illustrations, I thought I'll go that route. Um, so I auditioned and I got into the school that I wanted to, to first so I thought, Well, this is it. I'm going to be a harpist. And then my parents and I um, purchased an instrument. And that was the beginning of my but, university. Yeah, but is it, uh, was
1: it um, for you? Did, could you see, did, did you know what the future would be for you before you started? Because it's also an instrument that's, is not uh, like you, you don't see it in every orchestra and it's probably not the type of instrument like you will, you, you're you guaranteed to get into an orchestra with.
0: Yes, I, I think I didn't realize exactly what I was getting into. I just thought if I learned how to play really well. Something will open up for me. And um, then as I went through university, I started getting a little bit more clear idea of what I wanted to do with music. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a different career path. I think you have to be an entrepreneur, uh, to pursue music, because like you said, not every orchestra has a full-time harpist or there aren't that many major symphonies in the world. Um, so there's very few people that get those positions. So you have to create your own career and what you can do with your music outside of that. Um, I thought I was pers- when, for a little while I was pursuing the major symphony route. And then I kind of realized that I really enjoy playing for special events. Um, I like to be out in the public and getting to interact with people one on one. I do really enjoy or- orchestral playing a lot. So I enjoy that a lot. But I also like kind of other aspects of playing the instrument.
1: And you, you have then more freedom when you do it in, in more on a freelance basis then?
0: Yeah, I have a lot, maybe a lot more variety of different types of performances that I can be involved. Although major symphony is an amazing career, it, it's very wonderful. Um, you don't have to worry about finding the next job because you have a job all lined mm-hmm. up. So that would be the hard part about being the freelancers is, is that you're always working for the next opportunity.
1: Yeah, I've asked all the um the freelance artists about this because um this is also something that we do not always realize but it's you you are also sort of running your own business. You know, you have to to think about your styling and your your how you promote yourself and where you get your jobs so was it something that came very natural to you when you started realizing this is what the route you want to take
0: um some parts some aspects came naturally and some are very difficult like the accounting and the tax side is not my favorite that I don't enjoy that part as much so that I had to really learn um as far as um like the visual aspect of putting a website together uh, that i enjoyed that kind of incorporated the artistic side um so i've enjoyed that part marketing is something i've had to learn that's not necessarily my coming natural to me uh, i'd say more like the visual artistic part branding and trying to come up with colors and what to wear and how the mm-hmm. ambient event should be that felt more natural mm-hmm. so it's, yeah but, it's just like
1: everything <laughs> yeah well your styling is is beautiful i mean i like uh, on on instagram that i see it's really beautiful and um uh, very feminine and but then i am so intrigued with your black harp
0: yes oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is a line in healy harp it's made in chicago uh, yeah. i where I live. Um, Lion Healy is one of the biggest harp companies in the world, and I'm very fortunate to live near their headquarters. So I was drawn to this particular model. Um, so this is what I played in university. They It's a Model 30 harp, and uh, our university had Model 30s, and my harp professor in college had a Model 30. So I really kind of I, I liked the sound of it. So I knew I was either going to go with this model or one other. And then um, I was really drawn to the ebony. I, I wasn't, I was going to pick the, my instrument based on sound, but it just so happened I fell in love with the ebony one. So it was, it was really a match. <laughs>
1: yeah, because it's, it's different also because the, the harps that I usually see is all, are they, there are all these real, um, the the typical harp, you know, with the, the gold or or the the intricate woodwork and so on. But um, do you have different harps for different occasions for different sounds?
0: I do. I have a smaller pedal harp that is the natural wood color um, mm-hmm. that you probably are familiar with. Mm-hmm. I have. I use that mostly for out, outdoor um, outdoor events. Um, so my Black harp is my orchestra harp, so it's not really fond of being out in 90-degree weather. Okay. Uh, so I have a smaller instrument that I'll take um, for those purposes. And then I've got a few small lever harps that I teach on.
1: Oh, I see. So you teach as well?
0: Yeah.
1: Wow. Oh, that's wonderful.
0: And how is
1: it uh, with your students? Are they uh, are they young? younger? Are the children, um, are they the age group that you work with?
0: I work with all ages. Um, so I teach privately and then through a few music academies. So I have students as young as five and have all the way up to age 85. Really? So it's wide range. Yes, I, I just had an 85-year-old gentleman start the harp recently. <gasps> really, just, Really rewarding um, to see people picking up a new skill mm-hmm. after they have um, so I have a lot of retired uh, students. I love oh, I
1: see. Wow. I, I mean, uh, but uh, harp is not the easiest of instruments to play. So um, it's amazing at the age of eighty-five if somebody picks that up.
0: Yeah, yeah. and I think it's so good for coordination and cognition, and trying uh, also giving somebody something to look forward to every day learning something new. But Nicole, um, tell me the the repertoire that you're playing,
1: uh, what what type of music do you enjoy playing?
0: Um, I think that's always a hard question to answer. I love everything. Um, I really love French music. Um, we have a lot of French harpists uh, who have composed for the harp and also like Debussy and Foray and Ravel, all of those. Their music really translates well to the instrument. Um, I also enjoy playing modern music that someone, like pop music, people hear on the radio and trying to arrange that to work for the harp. Uh, Video game music works really well. Really? fun. Yes, I enjoy that. Uh, Every so often I will get special requests for like Legend of Zelda or Final Fantasy. And that's, I love it. It's just a lot of great composers for Music for video games. So that's been fun. Wow, I didn't, I mean, I didn't realize you can do that with a harp. Yeah, it's almost, you know, like a piano. So music that works on the piano will work well on the harp for the most part. We do have to adapt it a little mm-hmm. bit on the piece, but that's been enjoyable. And I also like working with other musicians. Um, last weekend, I played a recital with a flutist friend of mine. So we did. Um, classical
1: repertoire. So do you arrange then, do you do the arrangement yourself if it's music that somebody requests or that, you know, that's not specifically for the harp?
0: Yes, I do. I do a lot of improvisational playing. So if I can find a piano vocal score, um, I use it as a lead sheet and I just um, make up my own arrangement around there. I'm starting to notate my arrangements so that they're down on paper and um, that's a that's a whole other process um, most of it's just up in my head and I just play it on the spot um, I like to play improvisationally so I can change it up each time if I'm at an event uh, I, I enjoy trying to come up with um, other ways to play a song.
1: Amazing but now, um, tell me, um, Nicole,
0: what, what are the wishes now for you for the future? Oh, yeah, I want to do more recording um, and arranging more music. I'm really interested in the production side of music. So that would be a whole new skill. I, music production is like a whole other instrument, learning how to use all the DAWs and the microphones, all of that. Um, but with the pandemic, um, I'm realizing that is really part of the future. It's all the recording and visual uh, media. So I'm wanting to learn more about that. And also composing, I would like to compose more uh, for different instruments, um, chamber music. Um, I'm also starting to write songs like singer-songwriter type stuff. So I've during the pandemic, when I was alone, I started writing songs for harp and voice. And since there was no one else to sing it, I had to sing it myself. So I was learning how to sing. <laughs> um, That's so that, yeah, I think the pandemic
1: has brought that about, you know, that people started really thinking a little bit outside the box and thinking what what is possible and and discovering what is possible.
0: Yes, that was at, before that. It wasn't really something I ever thought that I would enjoy doing—writing songs with lyrics and then learning how to sing and play at the same time. Um, but I found that it was really a nice way to get my thoughts out um, in another, in another, like, another way. Yeah, and of course, uh, we had more time.
1: Uh, to experiment so yeah that's that's also a factor but um you're talking about the visual side now I spoke to a pianist actually in in also in America um last week and he also did a, a beautiful um video with his piano piece and and so on and we were specifically talking about this you know the visual aspect and the the videography around it and so on so um, do you think that is now something that's really important for musicians to also think about, that it's, that you combine all these different art forms
0: now with the music as well? Absolutely. I think it's so important. Um, almost everyone who inquires about hiring me for an event says, can you send me a video? It's not, can okay. you send me audio or can you show me your recording? It's, we want to see a video. Uh, So I'm getting that all the time. So it's definitely, I think, the way it's going Mm -hmm. to be. Yeah,
1: well, this is uh, also interesting that we can also now see this on on Instagram and Facebook and these, you know, the social media sites. So this also makes it then for artists possible to to have their music heard, but also then that visual with it. I think this is... um, I agree, I think it's going to be the future then for people. yeah. But no, Nicole, this was so lovely to talk to you. Thank you. And um and I'm following you and and looking at all your wonderful dresses and <laughs> and your beautiful uh, pictures. but um but yeah, it's uh, whenever you come to Vienna, please let me know. I would love to meet you in person. Oh, that would be
0: fabulous. I would love that. Have you been to Europe? I have, yes. Okay. I've, been to, I've been to France. I have not yet been to Austria. So I would love to go to Vienna. So I'm definitely on my list. <laughs> yeah, well, come,
1: let, come do a concert here and then you let me know when you're here. <laughs> Nicole, have a lovely afternoon. You too. And thank you so much for your time. You're welcome, thank you.